My asaru. My asaru. My asaru. My asaru. My. I don't get it. Shuffling papers. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to I Don't Get It, a podcast about contemporary dance in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Yeah, um, this is our second episode of of the season after the we did our kind of season of our second season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and wow, uh, we saw we saw like a ton of pretty cool dance. And who are we? Oh, who I'm saw F- these <laughs> I'm Fonda. I'm Paul. Um, great. And yeah, we saw uh, uh, an interesting mix of, of, I guess, a total of five dance pieces contained within two shows. Mm-hmm. Um, if we really want to break it down by the numbers. Yeah, yeah. So the first one that we saw was a couple of local gals, or at least who are local now. Right. A retake, um, which is a, a, a double bill about memory is how it's billed, uh, which played September 11th and 12th at the PCL Studio Theater in the ATB Financial Arts Barns. Uh, that was a, a pairing of, of two independent choreographers, Anastasia Maywood and Krista Posniak. Yeah, and it was... Um, I. It was quite refreshing, actually, to see, like, a couple of pieces that were not tied to a company at all. Not that, like, you know, working with a company, there's anything bad about it. But No, but it's a great sign for a scene that independent choreographers and, and, and movers are, are taking their own, uh, their fates into their own hands and, yeah. and putting on shows in their, in their, on their own. Yeah, and it was also really great to see that it was totally packed and sold out yeah, the night that we saw we it. Went I on, love that. on the Friday and it was... Straight up sold out. Someone who was holding a tiny box of pizza had to leave. There was no seat for her. And uh, mm-hmm. and there was also, uh, and apparently, according to Facebook, it seemed like there were limited tickets, if any, available for the second night as well. In a in a house that seats about 90, that's pretty great for, for dance in Edmonton, I would say. Yeah, I, I, I had, I just, I did love to see that it was sold out. So let's talk about the actual dance. Yeah, sure. Uh, great. So, so the, the first part was, uh, 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 the first half of the bill was Anastasia Maywood's. It was a show called Memory Folds. Both of these shows were linked through the idea of memory and exploring memory in some way. Um, and hers was called Memory Folds and was sort of used um, the object, uh, in, in this case, sort of these 30 glass jars that all had um, something inside them as, as sort of a visual metaphor for memory. Yeah, some kind of small piece of ephemera or like weird ephemera. weirdness. <laughs> um, or, or lights. Um, there was some, some really uh, gorgeous, I would say, uh, choices about lights in these jars, used that, as well as these two big chandeliers, which were also made out of uh, glass jars that sort of gave it a, a visual aesthetic. Uh, which, which I was kind nice. of would put out there and be like, so are you selling those? Because I want one of them for my house. Like those the chandeliers? chandeliers. Yeah, they were pretty sweet. They were pretty that. cool. Um, and yeah, I, I think overall, visually, the piece was actually quite pretty. I, I, yeah. I, uh, I, I'm trying to find a better word. You yeah, know. so we had, we, had, we had these three dancers. You you come into the theater and they're already uh, on stage sort of wandering around. These glass jars have been evenly spaced out. And over sort of the, the pre-show time, the, the glass jars are moved by the dancers into these these clusters and the lights are turned on. Um, and then we go and we have these these three dancers. Tatiana Chaladin, Alison Cause, and Alita Nyquist-Schultz. Um, we know the latter two from The Good Women, of course. Right. Um, they do a lot of work with them. And then Tatiana Chaladin is kind of one of our up-and-coming choreographers in Edmonton. And uh, yeah. Uh, yeah three... So they would, they would sort of move around uh, the space and, and sometimes do, do solos um, uh, while also interacting with these 
these jars and sort of opening them and and I guess the idea being then sort of revealing the memories within um, and sort of exploring those those memories in in moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have to say like I think that the the dance in this and the ideas that that were sort of conveyed I I felt it was a little bit obtuse it was one of those more dances where you're just sort of like as an audience member you're just kind of you're you're maybe asked more to sit back and see where your own reaction and your own uh, memories pl- come into play mm-hmm. uh, the the movement were the movements were um, they were interesting. Everyone, everyone looked you, you'd great. Re- you'd referred to it as sort of pure dance when we were talking before this. You referred to it that way a couple ways. This, this piece, Memory Folds, uh, it had some really, really beautiful moments that I quite liked a lot. Um, that largely just like visual phrases almost that would um, make your brain sort of like go a little bit and and actually kind of make you call make you think about your own reaction more than actually like what the dancers were doing so much sure yeah um, yeah i think it was a show um that yeah it sort of invited you to try and um uh, engage with your own memories through the idea of memory and i guess the strongest moments for me were, were two two sort of images stand out uh from the show one of which was uh i believe it was uh, tatiana chaladin who was doing a solo um, well, the other dancers had sort of gathered all of the jars into one quarter and were busy unscrewing them. And so there was sort of the clink of jars against lids and other jars that sort of made this this beautiful jarring uh-huh, uh, mm-hmm. soundscape um, uh, while, while Tatiana was dancing. Uh, that was just this really sort of uh, arresting uh, moment. Uh, and there was also one where I believe it was, uh, I believe it was Allison was the dancer. Um, and she was sort of pushing this jar across the floor, but it was very labored and yeah, it was um, sort of the difficult. opening and closing moment of of the show where Allison was was uh, pushing with this jar. It was very very heavy, like the jar couldn't be lifted; it had to be dragged across the floor. Right, right. As as memory hangs on us all. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I feel like those those sort of visual moments were for me the strongest parts and the parts that stood out and the parts where I had the most access. Um, because as you said, a lot of it was this was a very a dense piece it felt um you were it, it asked a lot of its audience who who seemed very into it absolutely mm-hmm. um uh, the audience we saw it with uh, but it, it was sort of asking you to to engage with your own uh, sense of memory and your own ideas and sort of what what came through in that i think yeah yeah absolutely i think one of the strongest points that i that i enjoyed the most was um right after the sort of clinking jar bit mm-hmm. that you were talking about yeah. um uh, tatiana chaladin was still doing um sort of a solo piece but she had this large jar and she put it up to her ear and it was one of the more sort of serene and calm moments of the piece where she ha- she hears this sound in the jar that no one else can hear and it the, her, the expression on her face just reads that she's happy and joyful and it was it, it was one of those things where you just kind of like you can actually feel more because you see the expression on her face and it was just like it was actually giving you a cue to say oh oh that's nice that's right, a nice right. it was moment a little invitation yeah. to the to the moments yeah yeah um, great. So that was great um that was memory folds yes and then uh so the second half of retake was uh, a piece called when i told you everything i lied and drank heavily and how oh um, gosh i i enjoyed this piece choreographed by krista posniak so much um and it was actually a great pairing with uh with uh memory folds i think because memory folds was very abstract 
Um, this one had a, a more theatrical uh, approach. There was there was costume. The the set changed. The glass jars disappeared, except the chandeliers. And there were these sort of these big banners hung down, which had sort of these beautiful splashes of artwork across them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, and the themes the themes were very strong. They were very accessible. There was um, like right off the off the top, there was the sound of marching and the three dancers that are in it, who are were Kate Stasho. Kate Stashko, Krista Posniak, and Anastasia Maywood, um, two of the choreographers. Right, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, they, it, the sound of marching actually, and the costumes they were wearing immediately uh, brought up this idea that there was sort of like the the um, Soviet occupation. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. these, it was these sort of militant jackets um, and boots, and and these big sort of Russian hats um, or, or Eastern European hats. Uh, and yeah, so it started with with them sort of going through these almost like military uh, drills. It was a feeling, uh, but there was this great sense of play to it. You know, there would be they would start to go through some uh, moment of almost ritual of like taking off a jacket, and then there would sort of be a fumble, and then immediately sort of like trying to recover uh, in those moments set to set to the music and and sort of all about sort of trying to hold status and and command these sort of like this in this image of occupation and authority um, while also sort of subverting it as it went, which was really interesting. And yeah, and I, I thought what one of the really interesting things about it was that they they sort of... Um, the, because the, there's three women dancing in the piece, but they kind of like were genderless for the first part. Yeah. Uh, they you could you could tell sometimes they it felt like they were playing men. Uh, and there was this great table that they had in the piece where the three of them would sit around the table and there was a bottle of vodka that was brought out (laughs) and and there was there was uh, moments where they were all still wearing their um pretty heavy coats and hats where they were um just playing with this bottle of vodka and Mm -hmm. like the sort of uh, conversation that they were having with their bodies, like no words. What what was great about it was that they were talking to each other for sure, but you couldn't. There's no words actually being shared. Right, right, yeah, and then uh, yeah, and then as the piece progressed, the jackets came off, and we sort of moved in. If this opening piece was sort of like the the occupational force, if this is sort of the interpretation we're going with. Um, then it was sort of revealed to like the the people who were living there. It's sort of these 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 women or this family maybe. I mm-hmm. got sort of a mother, father, and daughter vibe from from the the setup yeah. uh, was what I took, and it was sort of them almost dealing with the the implications of of what this was, and and sort of being surrounded. And the bottle of vodka remained, and sort of how that played into things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The so they came out as women in the end. Uh, that were actually uh, the the most affecting part, I think, and emotional part at the very end was when they were the women who were kind of picking up after everything had happened. Um, You see, like, I don't know, it felt like years passed Mm -hmm. while they were all like sitting around and getting drunk and things like that. The mood sort of changed, yeah. It sort Mm -hmm. of went from this this jovial, like, ah, here we are, like drinking, having a good time. And it got more somber and sort of um, as as the realities set in, perhaps, Mm -hmm. um, we we saw these characters change and sort of struggle more with what they were being uh, faced with. Yeah, one good thing to point out, I think, is the the humor in the piece. Like, Mm -hmm. you were allowed 
allowed to laugh and chuckle at them. Yeah, because, permission was given for yeah, that just yeah. by, by, by uh, virtue of the, the performance and the presentation. Yeah, they were actually very good at pointing out the... Uh, right off the bat, they come out like sort of very strict, structured, marching, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. But then they just kind of like... Shimmy. And yeah, <laughs> shimmy do, and do like some, yeah. bounce around a little bit. And, and, it, and it just ends up being, looking quite silly and fun. Um so so yeah, it was great. It was really enjoyable, but also I felt that it had some pretty uh, pretty important and uh, and maybe dark things to say about like the memories that are involved mm -hmm. in I don't know living in a country that's under occupation mm -hmm. uh, or under under specifically right. Soviet occupation. I guess we that was the vibe. That was the vibe. That was that's our interpretation yeah. of what we saw. But so. and and the sound, the the music and sounds that they had in this piece were really great because um, the way they were mixed and and that sort of thing it really gave you the idea of the era like there was some oh, yeah. zeppelin oh yeah <laughs> let the zepp out um, yeah it was it was great um there was uh, you know a whole a whole list of of uh music makers that like folk music ensembles, uh, orchestras, uh, Judy Collins, uh, George Mertens, Garino um, Marceau, yeah, yeah, and and also Led Zeppelin, yeah, yeah, Samovar Folk Music Ensemble. I like that. There's a folk music ensemble that has Samovar in right. the name. Right, um, great. <laughs> and speaking of uh, of Eastern Europe, uh, the next thing we took in uh, also had a, a strong, a very literal tie to Eastern Europe, in that that's where it came from. Isn't it great that we actually saw a whole weekend of dance in Edmonton and one of the pieces was from as far flung as Estonia. Estonia. Where's that on a map, guys? So I can wait. You yeah. can find it. Yeah, um, go find it. So actually, no, it's a, Estonia is a small country on the Baltic Sea between, like, squished between the Baltic Sea and Russia, basically. Yep. Uh, the northernmost Baltic nation. Yeah, and, and this group uh, who was performing as part of Mile Zero Dance's, uh, the first piece in Mile Zero Dance's 30th anniversary season uh, was Fine Five Dance Theatre, who are from Estonia, um, and sort of an award-winning touring company from, from that country who've been all over Europe and Asia and, and America as well, coming through with a, a piece that had uh, won the top dance award in Estonia called Phases, uh, which was broken into three parts. Yeah, and how, and it deserved that award, for sure. I this was one of my favorite pieces I've seen in like quite some time, particularly the first two thirds of of right, the were, of the there piece. There were three pieces, absolutely. Um, yeah, and the uh, and the the first piece was sort of I guess maybe uh, it had two men and two women. The men were in suits, uh, the women were in dresses, and it sort of uh, I guess explored uh, relationships and and gender and and how these things interplay today. Yeah, they had a really, really strong um, kind of du two duets vibe. It wasn't so much that they were they were just uh, dancing one man, one woman all the time. Mm -hmm. Although that was a, a definite theme in the first uh, that first third. But I think that yeah, the they the way that they actually commented on gender, um, some of the soundscape. Also, we should talk about the soundscape. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get yeah. there. Yeah. Um, the soundscape was um, pulling weird bits from, like, uh, I don't know, like commercials found, for, found for like sound basically yeah yeah, yeah. um what was it the, there was one phrase that kept getting repeated over and women, over again women blink twice as much as men do yeah, um, yeah. was one of them <laughs> uh so there was sort of absurdist facts mixed in with like what seemed like uh someone talking through a, a sort of beauty routine and a makeup routine to sort of more sinister insidious things like uh like um 
panties with GPS in them, and this being an ad sort of given to a boyfriend to protect what matters most. You know, while these dancers are dancing, this sort of coming mm. over, as well as um, um, uh, a really interesting, interesting sort of improvised score, improvised uh, in the sense that um, Sean Pinchbeck, uh, an electroacoustic musician from from Edmonton, who also teaches in uh, Estonia, uh, had sort of created this um, this system um, where anywhere the dancers moved on on stage, and there was sort of a camera to capture that, uh, they would trigger different sound effects, different sort of soundscapey sounds, which was super cool. And I don't think like without knowing that ahead of time, I don't know that I would have even noticed. No, because you, when you're watching them, the the sound almost has a little bit of a delay, right? Yeah. So when when a dancer slashes her hand in like in front, there's there's a sound that like a machiney a, sort of yeah. There's crunch. there's a sound that is associated with that, but you don't hear it when she's doing it. You hear it a few seconds later mm -hmm. great yeah and so and so we found these um in that environment of these sort of sound effects and and statements uh, sort of gendery statements um we found these different pairings um would sort of show um happiness or or uh hints of violence or or these really strange um, movements that were uh First of all, all of the the movement was incredibly physical and incredibly well performed and and strong. I felt. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there were there was there was a really really interesting quality to their movement. Their faces they they were so stoic. I yes. think I think that's a, their their expressions were very blank and and uh, just almost almost alarming in their in their just actual sort of like stoicism just mm -hmm. really really um they didn't allow you to read anything on their faces at all but their bodies were very right. expressive the movement was very passionate the movement is mm -hmm. where where the passion came through and the control and the strength absolutely yeah yeah and i i think that's another thing great thing to point out too is that the control was mm. so it was so it was so obvious and deliberate in this piece. It was really great. Um, right, and even, it, it came through. I think even stronger in in the second piece uh, mm -hmm. that we that we saw, um, which uh, which had an extra another dancer added. Now there were there were five for the fine five, I guess. Yeah, um, <laughs> performing, and it was uh, thematically. I think the idea um, was that it was sort of a, a meditation on sort of big world themes. That that's sort of arbitrary and and sort of. Uh, not necessarily what comes through in a literal sense, but the movement was sort of passionate and um, incredibly controlled and incredibly mm. physical. They took what they sort of set up in the first one and and upped their game. Yeah, the, so the second piece definitely uh, took a lot more from sort of like classical ballet um, and kind of conventional movement training, I sure. guess. Uh, but it, I, what it really reminded me of, because they were all wearing suits, uh, was the Mats Eck. Sleeping Beauty oh, sort yeah. of ballet. They had a really, um, there was a lot of really uh, heavy upper body um, pointed movement, yeah, a lot of, I guess. Yeah, a lot of emphasis in shoulders was mm -hmm. something that sort of stood out. Yeah, and there, the, so the yeah the the whole like center of gravity kind of like felt like it changed. Whereas the first piece was a little bit sensual um, and loose. There was there was great movement in the great great part in the first uh, the first phase sure i guess that i yeah it's called phases yeah, so we so could call it phase. phase yeah first yep. phase um uh the two uh gentlemen dancers w just totally freaking lost it on the stage like pounding on the floor rolling all over the place making loud sounds yeah. on the floor um throwing their bodies around and and that kind of thing and i just 
that was that was great. <laughs> it was really great real to great. see. Um, where uh, so and then go moving into the second phase for this very very controlled structured um, movement bit where they were all in suits and they all had roles to play. Um, also, a lot more synchronization between the five dancers. So you know, three of the five are actually doing the same sort of sequence of choreography. And you get that, you know, real nice, nice feeling where you see right. everyone and doing things at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and also there was, um, again, music was a huge factor in this one. This one featured um, a live sort of string uh, ensemble, uh, the right there. Uh, ensemble. I might have mispronounced that, perhaps. Right there. Um, right there. Right there. Doing um, a Stephen Reich piece. Um, Stephen Reich, uh, from what I gather in that show, is an incredibly um, uh, a strange and and powerful composer. Um, there it was sort of like it was Philip Glass on acid. It was sort oh. of like minimalist, rep like repetitive, but so strange and and uh, paranoid and and. Um, exciting and and nervous there was this huge energy to the music it kept changing time signatures um it was an incredibly difficult piece for the quartet to be performing absolutely mm -hmm. and also the dancers to be actually performing to the music was just it, it, it was a really really interesting experiment i think yeah. that they they were asking um and also the Ridera ensemble is from Edmonton. Nailed it. Um, so, so to have these like these musicians also playing with a um, you know a dance group that they've never played with before, pretty cool. Uh, I think that the Stephen Reich music, I it really the music itself had a role in the show so strongly. It was it was mm -hmm. it was this neat thing that we kind of like. I don't think that you actually really get to hear that kind of music at all <laughs> no no it's pretty rare for that sort of thing to come through and yeah and i think um they did too uh in in both of those first phases um the music conveyed um uh sort of a lot of the comment perhaps of the piece or gave it a lot of tone um and the first one literally with these statements that were being sort of mixed in as well as the the sort of soundscape elements but in this one just the energy uh that was provided and, and sort of the the sort of nervous strange almost apocalyptic vibe that was going on mm. um it reminded me of a piece we saw in the alberta ballet up close that had those two dancers that was sort of the there were feathers raining down last oh year. right right yes yes yeah no you have this foreboding sense yeah, of yeah. like real like something just it just doesn't feel like happy right. or something is askew yeah. and off balance yeah. um yeah, and then and then there was the third the third piece, which sort of felt like a, a slow um, like curtain call almost to me. So this felt this was like, uh, from what I gather, there this was where the improvisation came in because there was one of the uh, musicians from the from the string ensemble that was um, playing the music, but there was also canned music being played, and they were overlapping each other. But they were uh, they weren't quite in the same. Uh, Speed, so they would sort of like link up and then discord would grow and sort of they would they would separate and then they would come back together and yeah and it, it, so while this is all happening of course the dancers the five fine five mm -hmm. um are kind of like being featured as soloists yeah um, they literally there's like sort of a line of them at the back and one by one they sort of come forward and do some movement and mm -hmm. then and then return to their line there's a bit of overlap when the transitions come but uh, mostly it's it's five solos. 
Um, yeah, that's sort of just like I guess maybe lack the punch of of the the first two pieces, given how strong they were. Maybe? Yeah, and I think what I, I I feel if I can be allowed to interpret you can a little feel. bit, you're allowed to feel. <laughs> um, I think what the punch lacked was actually just there were so there were there were such strong thematic and movement choices that were made in the first two parts that when we got to this part that was quite quite you know deliberately like improvisation based that the choices weren't as obvious or or um rewarding sure anymore. sure yeah um you you they were they were smaller they seemed the stakes were a lot lower compared to the first two parts yeah yeah so what was what was interesting about it though is that you did get to see each of these fine five dancers uh do a thing and and be individuals uh, which was which was cool. Um, and then actually the best part of it was when the musical kind of stopped and uh, the the playing stopped and they finished all moving. Yeah. Um, the lights went down on some pretty, pretty like big movement. Right. When they um, were all together again. And it was sort of, yeah. Yeah. And they were all dancing together again. And so that that was kind of interesting you know instead of ending on a moment or a tableau of stillness or something that you want to like actually capture as uh as as a deliberate choice they're still there the motion is what mm -hmm. you, you're left with you know the yeah fact that they're still moving and even still. even as the lights went completely out they were still moving um and you know as, as an audience member you always wait for that cue of someone to start clapping or something like yeah, that yeah. to note the end of the piece but the end of the piece still still went on uh you know like after after the lights went out which yeah was, was, they were still moving for a few few moments which was kind of cool um yeah. and overall i mean i still i the in the first two phases of this piece there were such strong and like incredible things that i i, I did like it quite a lot we we talked a bit about um with andrew our producer as well about the favorite moments and <laughs> one of them was when uh so they're in these duets and the, one of the in the uh, first phase in the first phase yeah, yeah the, uh, one of the female dancers kind of like um sits on the shoulders and head of the male dancer who's crawling on the floor on all fours oh yeah spider walk oh yeah yeah it was like they made this big monster yeah sort of yeah thing. yeah and one one really cool thing as well that i noticed was there was a lot of like up looking there was um the the Looking female out, yeah yeah the female dancers would look at the ceiling a lot and just like dance ba like with le chest leading movements which was again what reminded me of the maths act choreography mm -hmm. uh, it was it was just really cool like to see a different very very different sort of base of gravity um, right but so so confidently performed and so um, so well uh, thought out in terms of not only the movement but the music and how these things meshed. Um, yeah, Estonia, you can dance. Yeah, Estonia, it. thanks for coming to Edmonton. Thanks that for was, showing up. That was super cool. Great, so that's what we saw, Fonda. Um, what's coming up in the world of dance in Edmonton? Uh, well, so October, the, the first weekend in October seems like pretty actually... Stacked. Packed. <laughs> packed and stacked yeah. with dance. So October 4th and 5th, City Ballet is uh, opening their season with um, an homage to Billie Holiday at the Tim Center. And you can, of course, go and check out the City Ballet website to see more about that. Also, yeah. October 4th and 5th, uh, Alberta Ballet is doing uh, presenting for the first time ever Don Quixote. Ooh, uh, um, that's happening at the Jubilee Auditorium. Yeah, um, and uh, artistic director Jean Grandmaitre is actually performing in that piece. For the first time in like two decades, he's stepping on a stage, something yeah. like that. 
So, and he he's a cool guy. So you should go and watch that. I'm cool. sure it would be great. What else is coming great. up? Um, before that, before any of that happens, this weekend, which is uh, Thursday, September 18th, uh, Friday, September 19th, and Saturday, September 20th, uh, at DC3 Art Projects, we have a really interesting opportunity. Um, there's a visual arts performance arts festival going on called uh, Visualize. Uh, the theme this year is movement. And cool. on those th- on those three dates, um, we have a collaboration between Brian Webb of the Brian Webb Dance Company um, and uh, Blair Brennan, a visual artist uh, from Edmonton, Alberta, who's who's been doing work here for decades. They actually collaborated a lot in the 80s on performance art. So this is sort of a return to form for them, as well as introducing musician Allison McIver into the mix. Uh, so they'll be performing that as part of Visualize uh, those three nights, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the 18th, 19th, and 20th. At DC3 Art Gallery. Yeah, which is downtown just behind Grant McEwen. Um, yeah, and then cool. last but not least, last in the not next least, little while. Just, just, uh, just kind of following up all that city ballet and Alberta ballet stuff, October 8th and 9th, Toronto Dance Theatre is coming uh, with Christopher House's choreography, Eleven Accords, which also, oddly enough, is set to Stephen Reich or Steve Reich music. Um, yeah. Which Phases was also set to, which is like super cool. So that opens the Brian Webb Dance Company um, presenting season. Mm-hmm. And that's happening at the Tim Center for the Arts. Yes, yes. Great, nailed it. Nailed it, done. Done. <laughs> well, we out. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Go watch some dance. I Don't Get It is a podcast produced by Poglino, Fonda Mithrush, and Andrew Paul. It was recorded in a blanket fort in the Tall House on Alberta Avenue in Edmonton, Alberta. Our website is idontgetitdance.com. You can follow us on Twitter at I Don't Get It Dance, and you can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Our theme song is Mountain Time by Ghibli. Follow his music and check him out at ghibli.bandcamp.com. I'm sitting here thinking.